Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Well, we are going to begin our Christmas series leading up to Christmas and uh, um we are, have entitled this year's series, Holy Moments, and we're going to be looking at some holy moments, in particular in Mary, the mother of Jesus' life, and uh, let's look at that first holy moment today as we take a look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, and here's what it says. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, now, how many know if an angel shows up and talks to you, that's gonna be a holy moment? I'm gonna try that again. How many know if tomorrow you wake up and you get out of bed and there's an angel standing there? You're going to have a holy moment, all right? Yeah, so, so here's what the angel said. Greetings, you who are highly favored. Now listen, this, these next words are our message today. The Lord is with you. How would you live your life if you really, really, really believed that the Lord was with you? That the God of this universe was by your Side. Now, before we talk about that, we have to take a step back, and I want to I wanna ask this question. We'll talk about it for a little while, and then we'll go back to talking about how you would live your life. So this is the question. Is the Lord with everyone? That's what the first service said, too, all right? Uh, um, let's talk about that for a moment. Is the Lord? Now, we know, in a sense, the Lord is everywhere, He's omniscient, he's everywhere present, he watches everything, he knows everything. But when the angel said to Mary, the Lord is with you, what he meant was, you are walking with the Lord, you are in relationship with the Lord, and the Lord is with you. Amen? Honey, would you, would you come up and help me just for a moment? All right, let's be fast. You, you, you look like an angel this morning, all dressed in white, so you can help me, all right? <laughs> Amen. So, so, so look, okay. Listen, you know, in order for Rachel to say, hey, Ed is with her, we, we, we have to be walking together. So in other words, no way, you're going this way. All right, if she's going that way and I'm going this way, can, can, she, can I really say, if I'm the Lord, that I'm with Rachel? And can Rachel really say, the Lord is with me if we are headed in opposite directions? No, all right, thank you, honey. Thank you for being such a good representative, all right? See, listen, people want the Lord to be with them, but they don't necessarily want to walk with the Lord. Now stick with me. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says this. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Let me say it this way. You didn't come out of your mother's womb walking with God. 
If that were true, parenting would be easy. You came out of your mother's womb going the other way. Come on now. Listen, listen. Some of you, some of you, I'm gonna ruffle your feathers a little bit. If you tell me that, you know, you've been a Christian since you came out of the womb, that's not possible. Eat, we all, everybody say we all. We all like sheep have gone astray. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man. You know what way seems right to a man? My way. My way seems what's right. But notice what the Bible says. In the end, doing it your way leads to, help me church, death. Amen? So if my way is not God's way and God is going one way and I'm going the other way, then you would have to heed or know what Jesus says about that. And he says this in Luke eleven twenty three. 23. He said, he who is not with me is against me. And it's a pretty sobering moment to realize that the Lord is going this way and you're going that way. And if you're going that way and the Lord's going this way, then you are actually going against. Everybody still with me this morning? All right. How many people are there upon this earth who believe that the Lord is with them or they want to believe that, but in truth, the direction of their life has little concern with where Jesus is going. Are you still with me? So let me tell you the starting point, okay? Stick, stick with me. Just remember that illustration, okay? You're, you're going this way. The Lord's going this way, all right? Now, I, I, gotta, I, can't be both, I can't be the Lord in this illustration, okay? So the Lord's going that way, and I'm going the wrong way, all right? The starting point is turning, turning, recognizing the way I'm going leading me to destruction, right? Turning, we have a word for turning. It's called repentance. It's called repentance. When you turn and realize, you turn to Jesus, you turn from your way, you turn to Jesus, you realize, come on, he's God. He loved you enough to die for you, to rise again. You open your heart, you receive him, and then you can say, the Lord is with me. And he will be. Is anybody listening this morning? Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, uh, Isaiah 53, 6. We read the first part of that earlier, but I want to read the, the last part of the verse that we didn't read. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity for us all. Let me read it in the Message Bible. It'll help you understand a little better. It says, and God piled all of our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, on him. We serve such a good God. Listen, when you turn, I don't care how many sins you're carrying at that moment. When you turn, Jesus says in a glorious moment, you are forgiven, my child. Come on, somebody. How many of you are grateful for Jesus' forgiveness? When you say, when you say, Lord, I need you to come in, guess what? He comes in. He breaks the hold that sin has over you. Don't be fooled. People say, well, I can't live for Jesus because I don't have uh, the, the right desires. You'll never have the right desires until he comes in. Come on. If someone would have told me when I was 11 I was going to be a preacher someday, I'd have spit on him. Listen to me. But when I opened my heart at 18 eight years of age, Jesus began to change my heart. Come on, somebody. It affects how you live. Amen? I love what Ephesians 5.14 says. It says this. Wake up from your sleep. In what sense is the world sleepy? They're spiritually asleep. Right? Wake up, the Lord says. 
Climb out of your coffins. What do you mean? They're spiritually dead. Come on, somebody. Climb out. Turn. And if you do, Christ will show you the light. Amen? I listened to a powerful message this past week from Rosaria Butterfield. And you can put her picture up there. Rosaria was a college professor. Uh, she entered into a lesbian relationship, and she was just thinking, I'm not bothering anybody. Leave me alone. Well, she began to have a Bible study with her Christian neighbors. They began to reach out to her. And as she began to read the Bible, she began to realize that her life, so much about her life, was in direct contradiction to what the Bible says. And she realized that she was going in a direction contrary to the Lord, which made her an enemy of the Lord. And in that sobering moment, she turned. And she invited Christ in. She's now a pastor's wife. Come on, somebody. How do you know God can do a work in your life if you'll open up to it? Amen? So is the Lord with you? Let me ask it this way. Are you with the Lord? At the end of this message, listen, opportunity is going to be given. If you're here today and the Lord's speaking to you and he's saying it's time, opportunity is going to be given for you to turn and come to Jesus. And it's glorious. Amen? All right, now, back to this. The angel says to Mary, the Lord is with you. How would you live if you really believed the Lord is with you? First of all, if you believed the Lord was with you, you would go where he leads. Now, let me explain this, okay? If you're gonna climb Mount Everest, and Dan, Dan, where's Dan? Are you back there, Dan? Dan, Dan and his son went up to... Up to Base camp at Mount Everest a number of weeks ago. All right, they went, I mean, how high were you, Dan? 17,000 feet. From that point on, it's, it's basically called the death area. Okay, now listen. So you hire a guide, an experienced guide to climb, because you, you, you don't want to die on the way up. You want to reach the top, all right? Would you say to the guide, let's try my way. I think I'm looking, I think, laughed. No, no. See, if the Lord is with you and you understand this is a God who knew you were gonna be born before the foundation of the world, who mapped out a plan for your life. Come on, somebody. Who has for you a future and a hope. Why on earth would you argue with the Lord about going left if he says right. How much greater is he than a Mount Everest guide? Come on, somebody. If you really believe the Lord was with you, you would take very seriously understanding his role, and he's, yeah, he's kind of by your side, but he's also in the lead. Are you with me this morning? Very important, okay? Well, what was Mary's response when the angel said, hey, I know this is going to be, he didn't quite say this, I'm adding to it, but this is going to be very inconvenient. People are, are probably going to, you know, you're going to have to explain to them, or you're not going to really have an explanation how you got pregnant before you got married, but, but you're going to bear a child, and the Holy Spirit is going to impregnate you. Okay, now, if you believe that, here's what Mary said, and what ought to be your, what ought to be your response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, May it be to me as you have said. Right? Is that what you say to the Lord? When he, if, if he's with you and he's leading you and he, he nudges you, I am the Lord's servant. 
may it be as you said. Most of you know, uh, unless you're a newcomer, that, that I graduated from high school, went to Penn State uh, to study mechanical engineering, got saved between my first and second year. And over the course of the second year, the Lord had made it plain to me that engineering was my idea, that he had other plans for me. So what do you, what do, you do when you reach a crossroad? This is where I'm going. This is where you're going. I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said, right? So I had fun explaining to my mother why I was going to quit my college education right in the middle and go off to Bible school. She wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but I, she, she came around later. But I wasn't out to please my mother. I didn't want to displease her. But I had a higher calling now. Are, are you listening? If you really believe the Lord is with you, you're going to start being concerned about the direction he's bringing. Amen? How many you know we're good at telling the Lord what we need him to do for us? Right? Now, now listen, there's certainly a place because he loves you. Lord, I need you to fight my battles. I need you to heal my body. I need you to touch my children. Those are all good requests. God cares about you. But if you really believe it's the Lord who's with you, you're going to understand, I need you to lead. It ought to be, your, it ought to be your, you ought to say it with brokenness every morning. Dear God, do not let me go my own way today. Lead me. And guide me. Because the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. If that be true, and it is, wouldn't you want to say, Lord, the only steps that I want to take today are the ones that you ordered? You know, God called Moses to lead the children of Israel. Some two million of them. Could you imagine being the leader of a group of two million people wandering? And God's, God's saying, out of Egypt, into the wilderness. And this is, this is really the only thing that Moses requested. It's found in Exodus 33. He says, then Moses said to him, the hymn is the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. In other words, if you don't lead the way, God, I want no part in heading into the wilderness. But if you will lead us, I will follow the cloud, and I'm just going to trust that people will follow me. Are you listening this morning? Now let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. Put on your seatbelts. Is the Lord leading you away from the relationship that you're in? Or are you trying to drag Jesus where he is not leading? I know it's going to get quiet in here. It's all right. I'll say I'll be my own amen. Amen, pastors. Amen. Is the Lord leading you to get married? Why? Because sleeping with someone who is not your wife is contrary to God's word, and you can't expect God to bless when you're going the other way. Is the Lord leading you to get involved? Attending church is more than pew warming. There's ways to get involved. We're better together. Come on, somebody. Is the Lord leading you to give? You can't love Jesus and money. If you believe he's with you, he'll take care of you. Can you say amen? And that leads us right into the second point. If you really believe the Lord is with you, you would not be afraid to step out in faith. Why are we fearful? When, when, we, when we know we ought to take a step of faith and, and, and we're, we're just afraid the Lord's not going to meet us. But if you believe the Lord is with you, think about this. We don't really know how old David was when he faced Goliath. Some say he might have been a young teenager. We're just going to pick 14. I'm just picking an age. Okay, now, if a 14-year-old in and of himself looks at 9 or 10 feet Goliath, come out and say, who will fight me? What direction do you go if you're just a 14-year-old by yourself? You do like the rest of the Israelite army. You go the other way. But if you believe, no matter how 
tall or short or old you are, that the Lord is with you. Then you say what David said. Bring it up, please. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me. How's that possible? Because the Lord's with him. And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And it happened, friend. Read the story. How many of you remember, it was, it was almost a year ago, I think it was the first or second service in January of this year when Christopher Alum was our guest that he shared his testimony of coming out of, of, of Islam and coming to Christ. How many of you, how many of you remember Christopher Alam? Well, um, I, I really enjoy following him because he's somebody who really believes the Lord is with him and he will go to very hard places to present the gospel. This past week, he has been holding crusades and he can't even say where he's at. But he'll, he'll give it, he changes his name on Facebook so that at least friends can pray for him. And uh, go ahead with that next slide, if you will. And he was at a, a village in, a, in an undisclosed location. And he said, just pray for me because the authorities said, if I heal anybody, they'll shut down the crusade and possibly throw me in jail. He said, just pray. So the first night, had a nice little crowd. And, uh, um, you know, in those situations, you, you gotta be wise. He's not looking to purposely do something to get thrown in jail. He's got family back here in the U.S., so Lord, give me wisdom. So he just prays from the platform. Lord, we know you're here. Would you move among the people? A whole bunch of people get healed. <laughs> Second night, he has the pastors come up, the pastors, the local pastors. He said, just stretch your hands out. Just praise the general prayer. People get healed. People get saved. Third night, this is, the, this is the altar call. Understand, this is a very, very remote area. Look at the crowd. Look at the people getting saved, right? Well, after the altar call, the authorities come and turn off the sound system, said, you're done. We told you not to heal anybody. But you know what? It's too late. People are healed. People are saved. Come on, somebody. Now, why, why would you risk going to an area like that unless you really believe the Lord is with you? Come on, how many times does fear stand in the way of what God has for us? Do you believe, will you believe that the Lord is with you? I love to see people from Eastern Assembly step out in faith and just watch what God does. Whether it's somebody who says, um, maybe you were here, and, and I'm making up this testimony, but maybe this someone here, maybe here last week when, when missionary Kurt Holthus was here and you just felt led to put your last $20 and you needed that for something else and somehow God provided and just the testimony of stepping out in faith or whether you're involved of ministries here. We have a group that goes down to the inner city to help my oldest son down, in, down at City Beach Church in a rather dangerous part of the city. Every Wednesday night, they walk around, hand out soup and, and pray for people. You're stepping out by faith. You say, well, it's dangerous down there. Why do you do that? Well, because you believe that God is with us, right? Or whether, whether you're with Brian and Tina down at Veterans or you're helping, we have a group that feeds the homeless almost every Sunday after church or, 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 or whether you're teaching Sunday school with fifth graders and you say, Pastor, it's crazy in there. But I'm believing that by my input of the word of God into their lives, it's gonna make a difference. Or whether, whether you have a sign out on Sunday morning. Somebody says, well, how much faith does it take to wave a sign out on, on church? Well, the faith is 
that when people see your smiling face and you're welcome, it will open something up in their heart that will cause them to receive in service in a way that they might not have if they got a cold reception. Are you listening? Come on, do you believe? I love the story of when Jesus, it was, it was near his death. It was, it was within that, that period. And he, he was going into Jerusalem and uh, to fulfill the Old Testament, he needed to ride on a donkey. And so he told his disciples, go into Jerusalem. You're gonna see a donkey with a cold tide next to it. Grab him and bring him to me. And if anybody says, what are you doing? Just say the Lord told you to do it. The Lord needs them. Now listen, if you don't believe the Lord is with you, and you go take somebody's donkey, you've just stolen, you're going to jail. But if you believe the God of the universe told you to do this and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the donkey and it's cold, what are you doing? The Lord needs him. Okay, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> here we go, here we go, all right. It's exciting to live by faith. Can I remind you today, just to encourage somebody, Jesus loves to use the most unlikely people that he fills with faith. Come on, somebody. They may not be the best looking, the brightest. Maybe they have a criminal record. And God says, I'm with you, and they believe it. And God works through them in powerful ways. Come on. People like Gideon, who was the least in his tribe and the least in his family, and yet God called him a mighty warrior. David, the youngest, a shepherd, not exactly a job with a great future, yet he ends up with king. Mary, young, maybe only 15 years old, and she carries God in her womb. Come on, if you believe God is with you, can I encourage someone today? If the Lord has put something in your heart that requires faith, you're not doing it alone. God is with you. Can you say amen? And lastly, if you believe God was really with you, you would know that you are never alone. Never alone. Come on, you're never alone. That doesn't mean you don't enjoy people. That doesn't mean uh, you give up your desire to get married. Relationships with people are good. But the truth is, at any time in our lives, we could go through a period where we feel more alone than other times whether that's through a loss, just through something you're going through. Come on, what I want you to know today, if you have the Lord with you, you are never alone. I love to tell the story of Sister Aldine. You've heard it if you've been around here. Uh, the first church where I was a youth pastor in Elkhart, Indiana, there was an elderly couple in the church, the Aldines, and they had planted churches all over northern Indiana and Michigan. They were old church, they, they'd plant a church, They'd get some people there, they'd appoint a pastor, and they'd move on. They had planted some 20 churches all over the region. And they were now elderly. They were attending the church where I was a youth pastor, and Brother Aldine passed away. And I felt so sorry for Sister Aldine. This was her life partner. They'd been married 60, between like 60 years. And, and I went to visit her in her trailer, like to give her a pity party. And I said, Sister Aldine, my heart goes out to you. You have to be so lonely. And she said, Brother Michael, let me tell you something. I am never alone. It's like, it's like, she t it's like you, boom! You know what I mean? I mean, I felt, I felt that big. But it was good for me. 
Because I've met a woman of faith. This the same faith that she had when her and her husband planted churches and discipled people. You, you, you wouldn't dare plant 20 churches if you didn't believe the Lord was with you. Unless you knew the Lord was with you, right? And now in her moment of need. Doesn't mean she didn't miss her husband. Doesn't mean she didn't shed some tears when she thought about things they'd done together. But there was a sense that somebody was in that trailer with her. 24-7. She was never... Alone. Can I tell you today, one of the great promises we have as believers, it was Jesus' last words to his disciples. After he told them to go into the world and preach the gospel, he said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. Do you believe that today? Now, that being said, let me ask you, if the Lord is with you, how much do you converse with him? During the day. I mean, if you, if you believe he's right there all day long. Hey, Lord. So glad. Come on, do you talk to him in the car? Do you talk to him? I mean, I mean, how would it be if somebody was with you for a day and you didn't say anything to him? Be like, hey, I'm right here. What if the Lord says that sometimes? Hey, I'm with you, man. Can we, can we talk a little bit? I have some things to say to you, and I'd love for you to share your heart with me. It's one of the great privileges we have is to talk to the Lord throughout the day. Amen. So David, going back to David. David was being chased by King Saul. Because when King Saul found out David was going to be the next king, he was very jealous. And in his mind, if I can kill David, uh, then, then he can't become the next king. Problem was, the Lord was with David. Right? And David ended up in a town actually relatively close to uh, the Gaza Strip, where, where war is happening right now. And there, David wrote these words. And I want to close with this. Worship team, you can come and get ready. He said these words. And I'm going to read through it slow, and I just want you to, to digest it, all right? I will extol the Lord at all times. He's not very far away to hear it. Come on, somebody. He's by your side. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Come on, aren't you glad he is with you 24-7? Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Come on, you might not just have the Lord with you. You might have an angel following up with you. Come on, somebody. Great. Listen, that may, then you begin to understand. Greater is he who is with you than the one who's in the world. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Can I just say it this way? Blessed is the man who turns from his own way and takes refuge in the Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Would you bow your heads all over the place? I'm going to ask you a question that only really two people can answer. Only you know and the Lord really knows. Is the Lord with you?
Have you at some point in your life turned away from your way? The Bible calls that sin. And have you turned to the Lord and ask him to forgive you? Open your heart, ask him to come in. And when that happens, friend, you will know that the Lord is with you. And I'm looking for somebody here today I'm just gonna tell you flat out, the Lord brought you here to hear this message so that you wouldn't, end up going into, you wouldn't end up going into eternity just going your own way. Jesus says, if you'll turn, you'll live. I'm looking for somebody here today that says, Pastor, you are talking to me. I am the one that needs to turn and come to Jesus. Let me just say this, at 18 years of age, in a service like this, my heart was in my throat because I knew that I was the one in that service who needed to turn and come to the Lord. And can I tell you, it was the greatest decision I ever made to flee from my own way and come to Jesus. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, you're talking to me. I'm the one who needs to turn and come to the Lord. I'm not gonna ask you to do this to embarrass you, but it's very important that you respond. If I'm talking to you, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, today, today, I'm gonna turn from my way and I'm gonna turn to the Lord. Thank you for that hand. Others here today, come on. Between you and Jesus, today, today, thank you for that hand. Others here, thank you, sir. Others here today. Thank you. Come on. Anybody else up in the balcony? Where are you today? Today. Today. See, see, God uses a sermon like this to, to speak to you, to tug, to pull, to knock. Jesus says, behold, I, I knock at the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, only you can open the door. Jesus knocks. But there's something you got to do. Somebody else here today said, Pastor, you're talking to me. I want to turn away from and turn to Jesus. If you do that, you'll, uh, you'll get his forgiveness and his life today. Now I want to do this. I saw a number of hands go up. I'm going to lead in a prayer. I'm going to ask everyone in this place to pray with me and those who raised their hand especially. I want you to pray this and mean it in your heart. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and gone my own way. But today, I turn away from and to you. I believe you died for me, that you rose again. And today, I put my trust in you. I open the door of my heart. Come in, Jesus. Forgive me and breathe your new life in me. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you this morning. You don't have to pray after me. I'm praying in particular for those who raised their hand. Lord, make it real to them, Father. If their life is no longer their own, they're yours now, Lord. And the promise is that you will be with them, you will lead them, you'll guide them. They'll never be alone. 
Make it real in Jesus' name. I'd like everybody in here to stand to their feet. And I'm going to ask those of you who are altar workers to come get a bottle of oil spread out along the side. Now, now listen. I believe there are some of you, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord ministered to you through that message. And if you need prayer for something special, if you're sick, you need prayer, come and see one of these. But for everybody else, I believe the Lord spoke to you. And one of the greatest things you could do is just respond and just come to the altar and just lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm so grateful that you're with me. Would you lead me and guide me? Maybe, maybe this Christmas you're, you're, you're more alone than you've ever been. And you just come down to this altar and just say, Lord, thank you that you're with me. Maybe, maybe you, you struggle with a lot of fear and you just want to come and say, Lord, would you make it so you're, that you're with me so real that I won't be afraid? Whatever God's dealing with you, would you come? Come on, whether you're coming to get prayed for, where you're coming just to thank God that he's with you, would you move right now without hesitation? Come on, it's important. If God ministers to you through a message, it's very important that you respond. It's a way of saying, God, I'm listening. I'm hearing. I want you to solidify this message in my heart. If you need prayer, come and get prayer. You just want to come and tell them thanks. Do that. You're never alone. Hallelujah. Listen, we're not going to have an official close to the service. We're going to spend some time in the Lord's presence. At such time you need to go, slip out quietly. Come on, let's let the Lord have his way in this place.